you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an opportunity it is to come across your airwaves to be part of this broadcast. So with me again, as we move forward and we look at in Christ, all those wonderful benefits, all these things that we see, Pastor said more than a hundred times, the Bible uh, talks about us being in Christ. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I can be involved with, but in Christ is at the top of anybody's oh, list. Oh, it is. That's where you need to be. And uh, good morning, Pastor. Good morning to you, Doug, and uh, we are glad to be back with our friends again and trust that they'll get a blessing today. Yeah, praise God for that. A and blessing folks, in Christ. And there it is, and there it is. There's not much we can do but read God's Word and let the Holy Spirit work, and uh, we're certainly, we're, we're recording this. This is uh, uh, the week before Memorial Day Monday that you have off and things of that nature. I think you'll be hearing this the week after that. Uh, but I just want you to know just how important it is uh, that we reach out. So I can honestly say, I think we just went over 800 or 1,000. I just got an email thanking me for 1,000 broadcasts put in a podcast format uh, through Apple. And, and folks, a lot of you have been there the whole time, and I, I thank God for you. The Bible says in Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore no condemnation, again, no guilt. Uh, nothing there to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So I'm I'm stealing some thunder here from Pastor, because Pastor just told me that we're going to Romans 8, but we've been using this verse uh, to open every one of these broadcasts. And, and folks, I want you to know something. There is no difference in Pastor who served five decades or more of his life in the ministry and what's available to him from Jesus Christ than the young man down the road who got saved a couple That's days true. ago. And uh, so as you're listening to these things, there's no different. Uh, dispensation for you guys. There's no different load. You're you're getting it all from from our heavenly Father. Well, you're in the family of God, and you're in the sphere of Christ. And like we said, all of the things that Christ has deserved for any person or he, who he is, it's all in Him. Yeah. And so we've got the wealth, and we have it. Equal opportunity to That's right. utilize that wealth. No, no difference. I, I don't care if you're the pastor of a thousand or or uh, a boot private in God's army. Everybody, we're yes. all. By the way, we're all boot privates in God's army. So soldiers of the means. cross. That's right, and we're all level on that cross. So, Pastor, I know we're moving forward, and where do we find ourselves this morning? Well, I'm going to go and finish up through the book of Ephesians, if that's okay. And it's great. We're going to yeah. just talk about the illustrations of being in Christ, the big concept of others being in Christ with us. Amen. And so I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, if everybody would do that. And it talks about us being afar off from God and without Christ as Gentiles before we're saved in verses 11 through 12. And then it comes to this section. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made near or nigh by the blood of Christ. So Jesus paid the price. He paid the debt for us. 
and so that we could be near God. And when we talk about being near God, we're talking about being in his family just like we live near to one another as mother, father, children, grandchildren. And later on, he comes down in that chapter, and he says in verse 18, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. So people want to know, how do you get to God the Father? Well, the Holy Spirit is involved in that, but it is through him, that is through Christ. And so this idea of being in Christ, bringing us near, gives us access or the privilege to come into the presence of God the Father. And I want to read something that some of you may appreciate. We've been hearing a lot about King Charles and his two sons and all the conflict over in England. But this is a story in regards to that very place that there's been all this conflict. And this goes, one day a little boy named Willie stood wistfully, longingly, that is, at the gates of Buckingham Palace. Now, we think in terms of it being sold, but here's what was sold. He longed to go in and see the king. Between him and the king, however, were iron gates, rigid protocol, and armed soldiers, and a watchful policeman. What he wanted was quite out of the question. A policeman who was ordering the lad to leave suddenly stiffened and sprang to attention as a well-dressed, confident man approached. A brusque nod from the man, and the policeman unlocked the gates and stood aside. Come with me, Sonny, said the man, taking the little boy's hand. We're going to go see the king. In the palace they went. Inside were 40 housemaids, 50 footmen, including one man who did nothing but wind clocks all day long, and 600 rooms in the Buckingham Palace, Willie and the man walked on and to the north wing upstairs along an endless passages to the king's quarter on the main floor into the master suite. They were a quarter of a mile away from the kitchens. Mm. Yes, the man seemed to know the way and chatted about the rooms they passed, the magnificent ballroom that contained two majestic thrones on a raised dais the stamped room that household the world's most valuable collection of stamps, the Belgian suite, which with its 44 rooms for the use of state visitors, the royal wardrobe, the music room, the dining room with a table as large as a skating rink, the dazzling green room. Finally, they arrived in the king's presence and the man spoke. Hello, father. Here's a little boy who wants to meet you. Meet my friend, Willie. While, Willie, this is the king, the little boy had taken the hand of Edward, Prince of Wales, outside the gate, the king's son. Through him, Willie gained access to the king. We, too, have taken the hand, the nail-printed hand of the king's son, the Prince of Prince. Through him and him alone, Jews and Gentiles alike have access by one spirit to the Father. Amen. Isn't that a great thing to know, uh, that we hold the hand of the, of the man that uh, can do anything for us? Oh, yeah, Christ. In yeah. Christ, we have this access to God 
the God of heaven, the King, but our Father. Yeah. In the Church of Ephesus, you know, I, I, I often think as I read uh, the book to the Ephesian people, I often think what an eye-opening experience that was. There must have been a lot of Jewish folks here because we know in the beginning it's saying we're tearing down the wall. We don't care where you come from. Yeah, there there were Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. Well, you know, the, even the persecution of the Christians, Acts chapter 8, they went all over the inhabited world out of Jerusalem. and But Jews would be involved in trade. Yeah. Wherever they were going to go, they were going to be like they are today. They're going to make money. Yeah. And so that they were throughout the trade world. And Ephesus was one of those great trade centers on the Roman road from the east to the western civilization. How God has uh, blessed uh, that group of people with finances and, and uh, uh, import, export, and just doing all they do. So, so we have this access. So Willie, I mean, here's Willie with the king. And, uh, yes, uh, we're in the family. All of us, once again, have the same access to the Father because we're all in the family. And I, I think that we need to remember that that's what in Christ means. We're in the family of God, and we're going to be there permanently. No one can get us out of the family. We're going to stay in that circle, that sphere, and nobody's going to take us out of God's hands. Can't get us out. No, and then there's another thought of an illustration of what we have in Christ, and that's found in Ephesians 2. At the end of the chapter, he comes and he says in verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That's the writing of scriptures. And Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom, and there it is, in whom Christ, all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. So we are a building that's being developed in the very temple or dwelling place of God. And he says, in whom, in verse 22, you're also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. So when we're in Christ, we are pictured as a building that's in that sphere, and it's going to be a beautiful, even more beautiful. I saw a pagoda in, uh, well, it was in the a place of, can you get this here, brother? Yeah, so we had a, uh, just just hang with pastors. Uh, we've had a little headphone malfunction, and I'm not going to cut it out. There we go there. As he was talking, you know, we get animated once in a while, and his arms were <laughs> flying as they as ours always do. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you could only see Brother Doug, when he's, he does more gesturing than I do, and my yeah. wife thinks I do too much. <laughs> hey, folks, I, I hate to do this, but we're right at that time where we got to allow our broadcast partners to do what they have to do. But we're coming right back with Pastor Miller. Hang with us. Sorry about that. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So building us together, and Pastor, you are cranking along coming out of verse 22 there. So, Yes, yeah. I can remember going to a Buddhist temple in Ragoon, Myanmar uh, in 2006, and this thing was golden gilded, a huge building. I think it was considered one of the largest pagodas of the Buddhist. But I got to thinking about that. They have a building structure that is beautiful 
and it's lots of money in it, but it is not as beautiful and as big and as valuable yeah. as the building of God, us. We're the temple of God. We're That's being right. increased, adding numbers. And Jesus Christ is the one that connects us in a symmetrical beauty because he's the chief cornerstone and everything lines up and connects to him and keeps everything symmetrical, beautiful. Being in Christ. I remember reading years ago about the Temple Diana, and they used to have people stationed at the door. There was so much gold, and people all the time would polish the gold, polish constantly, every day, constantly. You could be sitting, and there'd be people polishing the gold. It was just so shiny, and two people would be stationed at the door, and as you'd walk in, they'd say, what's your eyes? Well, folks, can I tell you what they're going to say to us when we walk in heaven? <laughs> I mean, it's... So much more. And we're part of that, Pastor. Yes. We're we part of that. We're in Christ. Yeah. We're in that building. And then there's another idea besides that, and that's a body. Mm-hmm. And Ephesians 4 talks about that. Ephesians talks about the fact that we are fellow Christians and we ought to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And Ephesians 4 and verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as we are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And he goes on through that. But we have the belonging part of being in Christ, and we're in his body. That means he's the head, and we are the members. Yeah. And you can, if you remember, we talked about being baptized into Christ in Galatians 3. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And we're many members, but we're one body in Christ. That's what he drives at there. We have different functions. We have different gifts and talents. But we're all members of the same body. And it's kind of like a team. Amen. I, I remember playing basketball uh, I was never the tallest guy. Doug, you probably were at times one of the tallest guys. I, I couldn't play basketball to save my life, brother. <laughs> well, I always played guard, point guard. And though I might not be the tallest, I never came along to the coach and said, hey, coach, I want to play all the positions on the team. No, you're going to stay out there at guard because you can dribble, you can shoot from outside, but we're going to put the big guys underneath and they're going to make the baskets. And, you know, being in the NBA tournament right now, you know, you don't put the little six-footer underneath the basket and throw the ball to him and expect him to dunk it over a big guy standing right next to him. Yeah. But we all play our positions, but we're all necessary. And that's why Paul says, you want to do your part. You, as a body, every member should do its part, fitly joined together, functioning together. And so we're a body in Christ. That's what it amounts to in the sphere of being in Christ. And then there's we're a bride. Yeah. And maybe, uh, Doug, I don't know about you, but when I think of this, I I have to think some about my wife and the fact that what is it about a groom and his bride? Mm -hmm. They are headed at that altar. They're determined they're going to become one. One in body, one in spirit, one in goals, one in emotions, one in thoughts, one flesh. It talks about being one flesh. Well, in Christ, we're the bride of Christ. Mm. Okay, and so that's a picture. 
that once again in Christ, we are his bride. And, you know, that should delight us. No bride that really loves her husband is going to come and say, I hate being the bride. Yeah. 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 Generally don't hear that. That's for sure. And uh, sadly, there are some. But being the bride in Christ, it carries with it. You know, this is, everybody's constantly looking for a practical way of understanding our relationship with God. And there's no more practical way to understand that there's going to be a marriage. And as the bride, man, we want to be fit. You know, we want to look good. We want to be worthy of that bridegroom. We, we're in Christ, so that already puts us in that position. But, you know, as a church, as an individual, we all carry these things with us. And uh, I'm so excited about that. I'm excited to know that in Christ, in Christ, my sins are all paid for. In Christ, my life is different. In Christ, I walk, live, breathe, never do anything without the Holy Spirit of God in my heart. Yeah, well, just like a woman that really respects her husband and she's going to do what the Bible says, she's going to follow his leadership. She's going to follow his uh, guiding and directing, and that's what we do as the body. Yeah, and people get that so wrong in this world. They look at that as being some kind of sick thing (laughs) that, uh, you know, not understanding the harmony within a a Christian marriage is like something that I could never understand uh, before I was in Christ. Yes, well, here's what it says in Ephesians 5 and verse 30, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We just talked about the body. And then he says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as Christ loved him. Yes, he loves his wife. And see the wife that she reverence her husband. And this is this picture of marriage, being in Christ, one with Christ as a wife to a husband, is a picture of the bride of Christ with her husband. And the only way you can picture that is if a husband loves his wife so much he would die for her, he'll sacrifice his time, his talents, his, his tongue to serve her. But, and she'll feel loved at that, and then she comes back and she gives him respect or reverence and follows his lead. And that's what the beautiful picture of being in Christ. We as the bride do that with him in the sphere of being in Christ, and we get to picture that in our marriages. Yeah, and then, and then the other side, God's showing us a picture too. Husbands, love your wives. Now, this is a tall order, too, brother. Oh, I mean, it is. This, is, this, is, this order scares me. Uh, just think about this. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a pretty tall order. That's a pretty big order. That's something that takes every fiber of me to do, do you and know, God's in, help. In that illustration, we men as husbands have to follow the image of or the activity of the perfect son of God. Yeah. 
We are to love her just like Christ loved the church. So wow. we have to follow his model. <laughs> the wife gets out on that one because she only has to follow the model of an imperfect church. Yeah. She's to submit to her husband like the church submits to Christ. And that's an imperfect model. We know churches are not perfect. Yeah. And sometimes I look at that and think, oh, we have to follow the perfect. But we've got to take the lead and be Christ-like. And she needs to be church-like. Yeah, husbands, husbands. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing water of his word. Yes. I mean, that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I ask husband, I say, are your words sanctifying your wife, making her more holy? Yeah. And not fearful, not angry, not discouraged. Christ takes his word and he makes us better. He sanctifies us. He makes us more holy. Yeah, so men who are listening to this, I know we're wrapping up. It's always a, it's always a hard time to wrap up, but here we are again. But uh, listen to this. Sanctify your wives. Be that kind of husband that puts a smile on your wife's face. It changes everything. Yes. Be that guy who loves your wife so much. I mean, just be that guy. Follow those words. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, follow those words and yeah. a couple verses ahead of that. We sure do love you, folks. God bless you. Come back tomorrow. We're going to wrap up in Christ. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.